The Start On Demand. On demand. The long weekend is here, and as we head into the May long weekend, we asked you, what are your favorite driving songs? Of course, many of us will be hitting the road this weekend, but one survey says Canadians aren't exactly being honest about this, and looks like we're speeding more. New measures in place to enforce physical distancing, just as we learned a business in Winnipeg is closing its doors temporarily because its customers will not adhere to physical distancing. We'll meet the latest real-life superhero as decreed by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and a surprising reveal on how two of us feel about cheesecake. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, and this is the Friday, May 15th podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, and Greg Mackling, yesterday after I told you about the sweet dreams are made of cheeseburger from the North Star Drive-In on McGregor, you found yourself having to go down there and investigate and do some research, some journalism, as it were. How was your, uh, how was your discovery? Well, it was a very tough job, first and foremost. Uh, poutine heaven, burger heaven. Absolutely delicious, and the overwhelming number of people on Twitter who are all of a sudden saying, well, yeah, that's the best burger place in Winnipeg. I go there all the time. I'd never heard of it until yesterday. Apparently, there are a ton of fans of the North Star, and, uh, well, I'm glad I found the North Star. It's absolutely fantastic. You have the blue cheeseburger? I had the blue cheeseburger. It was so good. I didn't even have time to take a picture of it and post it <laughs> on social media because I scarfed yeah. it down so quickly. Uh, but I did take a picture of the incredible poutine. It was like two meals for me. Uh, I was on a solo mission because I had to deal with a squirrel at one of my rental properties in West Kildonan. Uh, that was my reward was the blue cheese burger. Uh, by the way, the battle between the squirrel and I, I won. Okay, and it was a fight to the finish, what, if you know what I mean. What what was the, what's the story with this squirrel? Well, I've had some squirrels. I think it's more than one. I've uh, been getting into the attic of uh, one of my uh, houses and uh, finally uh, brought out the artillery last week, uh, the big guns. And, uh, well, let's just say there's uh, one less squirrel in the world to uh, to wreak havoc on uh, the citizens of West Kildonan on this Friday. Okay. <laughs> artillery? Heavy duty artillery. Okay. Yes, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> it was a real pain in his neck. Oh, okay. <laughs> Look, did you have to deal with that kind of stuff, Loren? Where uh, growing up on the farm? Squirrels? No, I don't remember ever having squirrel incidents. But we definitely had a garter snake. It was like every every five years there was some sort of different uh, creature that would just suddenly rise in population. Like I think they go through cycles. So we had garter snakes one year were really bad. We had uh, salamanders one year were really bad, like out on the road, like earthworms after the rain. We had muskrats. We had beavers that would build dams and flood some of our properties, like part of our lane. But no, I don't even remember squirrels at all. Okay. It's like there was no squirrels. I guess I, I, guess the, I, I should have phrased the question, did you ever have... Uh, rodent or small woodland type creature problems. Woodlands. <laughs> That's interesting, though, that you had that you you had like an entire sort of rotating ecosystem of just random visitors. Yeah. Well, it's the same way. You know how some years in the city, like the tent caterpillars, will be really bad, and then it'll be like those canker worms or a different kind of worm. Like they, I think they all. I'm just gonna make this up right now, but I'm pretty sure I've heard Taz Stewart at Poolin say that they go through cycles, right? That they yeah. will peak at certain periods yeah the forest tent caterpillar i think it is isn't it like a three-year cycle of it of it sort of its uh, reappearance and disappearance and then they go away for like was it 10 years i don't know they're, they're, they're the worst so, let's go with that we should just we're just now we're just making stuff up yeah i like it yeah hey it's a friday we're heading into the long weekend so why not <laughs> we're gonna have some fun today we want you to text us your favorite driving songs we're going to talk about that at 6 45 greg are you already playing with the drumsticks getting ready to go for that 
Oh, I'm so ready. I sent you my song earlier and I've listened to it six times since I sent it to you. So I, I'm ready to go, man. <laughs> yeah, we are all ready for a long weekend, I think. And just looking at the question of the day result from yesterday afternoon, this will be the first long weekend since things started opening up in Manitoba. Are you going to change your behavior at all? And 68% say no, I'm still not ready to rejoin the world. 25% say I've already been out and about a fair bit and 7% say yes I'm going to get out and be social for the first time in a long time. Question of the day by the way brought to you by Credit Aid helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca call 204-987-6890. Loren you're thinking of uh, picking up the packing up the family and hitting the road? Yeah, we're contemplating maybe uh, heading to Minnedosa and uh, taking advantage of our uh, family out there and their and their motor. We don't have anything to camp with, but uh, our family out there has a motorhome that we might use. And I don't know. We just we're we're ready to do definitely go for a day drive. Whether or not we do more than that, we'll see. But I I do need a change of scenery. I really would could use it. Greg, yes. What are you doing this weekend? I don't know. I'm going to build <laughs> something, happening? I think. <laughs> You're going to what? I don't know. Oh, I think I'm going to build something. I don't know what. I feel like building something. Maybe some um, uh, planter boxes. Jackie wants to do a little bit of a mini garden in our backyard. And at our house, we struggle with bunny rabbits. So we're going to have to be doing a garden in garden boxes so the rabbits can't get at it. So I think I might build a couple of those this weekend. Okay. Yeah, that sounds pretty. Well, you won't be alone in that. I think the May long weekend is when a ton of people do their either start their gardens or start planting their gardens and and get like we were having this debate earlier this week, Greg. In our house growing up, May long was when you planted. You're saying you yeah. get ready, but you you wait one more week for the planting. Yeah, so that's, you, it's part of the great debate if you're a gardener. Yeah, usually June first is sort of. I, I I took that from uh, Dorothy Doby. She always said, you know, in Manitoba, we think that we should be uh, gardening and planting our gardens May long weekend. And this year, it is a, a year or a year a week earlier than it normally is, quote unquote. And so uh, Dorothy always used to say to wait until June first to to start planting stuff outside. So I've always gone with that. It could be right, it could be wrong, but that's what I'm going with. So we'll do some preparations this weekend in anticipation of the end of the month. Well, I mean that makes sense too, right? Because sometimes the weather is great before May long weekend. People get excited, and then the long weekend stinks and it gets cold. And and uh, so this is the the first weekend where in years where it may long weekend it looks to be glorious we start this half hour with some of us getting ready to head out on the highway at some point today as some of the restrictions on where we ought to be going begin to change loren yeah almost 13 percent of canadians stated they intend to travel to cottages chalets or cabins at some point this weekend and that's a number that's come from a new survey from insurancehotline.com all about Canadians road trip plans for upcoming weekends and we're going because the rules around visiting the cottage and camping might vary from province to province the results of this of course just as a reminder are a national survey Greg. That's right and more people are going to the cottage means more cars on the highways. We're in the midst of Canada Road Safety Week, which runs through May 18th. It's always interesting, in, in my mind, to measure people's attitudes towards driving and their adherence to the speed limit. Anne-Marie Thomas is an insurance expert at Insurance Hotline. She joins us now. Good morning, Anne-Marie. Good morning. Thank you for having me. That's our pleasure. So lots of changes in this part of the country as provincial campgrounds and our traditional weekend opening up the cottage coincides with the easing of travel restrictions. I know that's not the case everywhere, but how much more dangerous will this make our roads? So what we are finding, and and you and you know, I think it's likely the same in Manitoba, is that. Uh, because the roads seem to be less traveled, so there is there are less cars. There seems to be an increase in uh, instances of speeding and speeding excessively in a lot of cases. 
Well, and on the subject of speeding, earlier in the week, we learned about this 19-year-old Ontario man arrested for driving over 300 kilometers an hour in his dad's Mercedes. Winnipeg Police and RCMP have also commented that speeding has been more common with fewer cars on the road. Is this something we're seeing right across the country? It seems to be, yet I I was um, looking up uh, the Selkirk RCMP a couple of weeks ago, um, clocked a 50-year-old man doing 178 in an 80. They caught a 17-year-old girl uh, in St. Andrews doing 150 in an 80. And, I mean, we're talking significant fines. We're talking impacts to your DSR or your driving safety record. So, therefore, you know, an increase in your license and insurance premiums. So, you know, it, it's, it's not worth it to take the chance uh, from a financial perspective. But, I mean, if you if you get into an accident doing excessive speed, your risk of survival lessens with, you know, each 10 kilometers over the speed limit you're going. Yeah, there's the financial hit, but then there's the possibility of, you know, changing your life forever, losing your life or losing a limb or being hurt. And, and speeding has been a problem. We've heard a lot about this in the past few weeks, but I'm curious, according to your survey, and how many people actually admit to driving over the speed limit? And, and, and how much over do they actually admit going? Or are we lying to ourselves a bit? <laughs> so that's a great question. We have um, interest, like the older population, so like the 50 plus, admitted to speeding less than uh, the younger demographic. They admitted to speeding more. But, you know, whether... Um, you know, what they consider speeding, you know, uh, very often most most people travel between 10 to 15 kilometers over the posted speed limit if there's no one around. And, and, and you know, I've done it myself, I will admit, you know, when you're on when you're on the highway and there are no other cars around, you know, it's hard to gauge how how fast you're traveling in compared to other cars because there are no other cars sometimes you look down at the speedometer and you go holy moly i didn't even realize so you know it's it's good to be aware keep your eye on the speedometer particularly if you don't have other cars that you're passing to to you know as an indicator that you're driving at an excessive rate of speed yeah in fact i think the numbers were 34 percent agreed that they're likely to go 5 to 15 kilometers over the posted yeah. speed limit by by in, or in contrast 53% state they will not speed ever and i i'm wondering if if those numbers uh jive with how many people are actually doing it that's always i find it fascinating when they do these survey surveys on cell phone use behind the wheel it'll be 30 percent of people will admit to doing it but 70 percent of drivers say they've seen other people <laughs> doing the right. very same thing so that so the numbers don't really correlate yeah, well, it depends. I mean, how truthful do people want to be is the other thing, right? And, you know, if do people consider it speeding if everyone is going at that same rate of speed? Mm. That's a really right? good, I, good point. Yeah. So, you know, the excuse could be, oh, I'm just keeping up with the flow of traffic, so I'm not really speeding per se. But, yes, you are. Because, you know, if a, if a police officer picked you out of everyone who is speeding, you're still going to get that ticket, regardless of flow of traffic or or whatever. I mean, speeding over the speed limit is speeding over the speed limit. Anne-Marie Thomas is an insurance expert at Insurance Hotline, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Thank you so much for the visit. Much appreciated. Well, thank you so much. Have a great day. Reminder that... Camping country weather is back. So, guys, we need to get out of this segment just a touch early. We'll do that in about six and a half minutes' time. And with so many people heading out onto the road, we thought, let's talk about our favorite songs to drive to. So, Kelly Moore is here. Jeff, do we have Jeff Braun, Jeff Forte? I'm still trying to connect with him. Okay, so maybe Jeff Braun. Uh, and, of course, Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. So, Greg, you said you listened to your song. Six times today. <laughs> yeah. So you I, me- I would run through a wall right now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, here, I'll fire it and you'll see why.
love my Foo Fighters. Van Halen, Canadian rock and roll, but I am a head banger at heart. And this song from Judas Priest, it's actually two songs tied together. One sort of an introduction, the Hellion it's called, is just leads into the electric eye and it's just something about, it's so symphonic. Just love it. Gets me psyched up to do just about anything. Yeah. Well, and I like the the description of being able to run through a wall because sometimes when you get that song that gives you that bolt of adrenaline, you do really feel like you can just put the head down like a rhino and give her. Kelly Moore, why don't we switch gears? Because you're you're this we want to have some contrast in this segment. So the, the, your selection provides adequate contrast. Uh, do you want want to set it up or do you just want to hit it? Yeah, I'll, I'll set it up a little bit here in, in terms of there's there's kind of a, an old and a new uh, for this particular group, but both songs I can just, I can drive all day to uh, if uh, the need be. And the first one kind of takes me back to my high school days in my old 63 Pontiac Strato Chief. As you guys know, you're probably familiar with this song. There is about a 25 to 30 second guitar lick right in the middle of it. That you, like Greg Mack, like I would drive through a wall for <laughs> to, to, to hear that. And then uh, there's also uh, one that was, well, it's not current by current standards, but certainly it's newer by Eagle standards. And it's this one here. Everybody wants to take a little chance. Love the lyrics to this song. You can take it to the parking lot, take it to the whatever it was, but uh, it's another one that, uh, so, you know, going back to the 70s, but either one of these songs just gets the juices going for me. A couple of fine selections. I could see the window down or the, the sunroof open to that. Just nice, relaxed heading oh, into the long weekend. Uh, do we have Jeff Braun yet? We do not have Jeff Braun. He's going to have to sit this one out. Okay, well, I'm going to play his song anyway because, as I mentioned, we had the contrast. So we had the hard stuff from Greg and some smoother stuff from Kelly. And now here comes Jeff Braun with the dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> some Metallica. Yeah. Yeah, nothing, nothing puts you in a more relaxing mood than uh, some some Metallica. It's a great choice hey, for Broad. When you, when you get out of bed at the hour of day that we do, and you're mm-hmm. driving in, yeah. not that we are right now, you need something to boost the metabolism to get you to get you fired up. No, that's a great choice from <laughs> Jeff Braun. And Loren, is there a story behind your song? Well, it's funny that he's playing Metallica because that's actually a, a choice in our car often. And it's hard when you, you know, depending on who you're driving with, if you're alone, you might have a totally different choice than if you're with the husband or kids because everyone has different tastes. This song, there's no story behind this song. There's just story behind the theme. And because I'm likely heading out uh, to potentially Minnedosa this weekend and going to be passing tractors in the field and planters and all the rest, if I'm out on the highway in Manitoba, I need a little of something like this. Okay, so this will fade out after about 15 seconds. Here we go. Down that red dirt road. It's where I drank my first beer. It's where I found Jesus. Where I wrecked my first car. I tore it all to pieces. I figure that's the that's the reason why I like this song. <laughs> where I where I wrecked my first car. Yeah, and I think because I grew up in the country, like you, you have all these dirt roads. Really, are like you, you know them like the back of your hand. You know where the bumps are. You know where the slight turns are. And you, there would be so many nights just like you had nothing to do, and you would go for a drive. And so something about a country road, window down. You know the spring smell of rain in the air. I love the whole thing. Portier, what about you, buddy? Um, I could. I, I had such trouble choosing, so I chose. Oh, yes! Yes! Yeah, some Limp Biscuit. And it actually, it's called Rollin', so you're rolling figuratively and literally. I was I was going <laughs> to choose Tom Cochran, Life is a Highway, but uh, I didn't think Loren would appreciate that. <laughs> it's funny. I actually thought of that myself, Jeff, though. But then after the MPI experience, being on hold with MPI and that, ro- that in rotation... Did ruin that song for me. Yeah. No, I love this song, man. I love it. It makes me want to fight. So let's go for it, Jay. Let's drop the gloves. Let's go. 
That's what Fred Durst does to you, man. That's what he does to you. <laughs> so, hey, text us your favorite driving songs at 204-780-6868, whether it's something aggressive or something more relaxed, and we'll share those throughout the morning here on 680 CJOB. messages coming in to 204-780-6868 on your favorite driving songs. This one from a number of listeners, including Eve, some Motley Crue, Kickstart My Heart. Although Don says, I can't listen to Motley Crue while I'm driving. If I do, I would drive from Winnipeg to Toronto in about 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Honestly, he's not wrong. There is something about the crew. Like, you'll get going. Your foot gets heavy in a real hurry with these music, with this song. So keep those texts coming at 204-780-6868. And I also just want to quickly direct you to our 680 CJOB Instagram because one of our listeners, Auntie Violet, has sent us a picture from Gillum. Says it was 16 degrees yesterday and they woke up this morning to snow. So we posted that picture on our Instagram. And if you don't follow us there, we would love for you to follow us. We're just a couple of dozen shy of 6,500 followers. So we'd love to see us get to that milestone over the long weekend. And on the subject of the long weekend... With it, the anticipation, Greg, of some beautiful weather and some new advice on how to stay safe. Advice, Brett, and a new tagline, COVID careful, but also some new enforcement and enforcements. More inspectors will be able to crack down on businesses and individuals violating the public health order as the province continues its reopening plan. Global's new, Global News reporter Diana Foxall explains. Premier Brian Pallister says more than 3,000 inspectors and officers will now be able to enforce social distancing requirements. Including health and safety officers under workplace health and safety, inspectors under Liquor, Gaming and Cannabis Control Act, Manitoba Agriculture inspectors, and provincial park patrol officers. Previously, police, bylaw officers, conservation officers, community safety officers, and First Nations safety officers were the ones able to enforce the public health order. Now, the vast majority of those 3,000 plus people who can issue tickets for anyone flouting the rules are still police, with the addition today totaling several hundred staff. Still, the province says education and warnings are preferable to fines, with tickets given out as a last resort. Diana Foxall, Global News. So this new legislation that has been adopted and enacted under the Public Health Act, it just gives more powers to some officials, allowing them to ticket people who might not be complying with these public health orders. Police have always had this power. And I'm curious what uh, our listeners think if they've had any warnings given to them or citations, because Winnipeg Police spokesperson Constable Rob Carver tells us the primary goal is to not hand out those citations. Well, that's certainly the... um uh, the end of what we might do. The beginning is uh, we'd be assisting um, uh, both city of Winnipeg uh, employees who would either be bylaw officers or city ambassadors in uh, for ambassadors in their educational role and for bylaw officers in their enforcement role. You're not going to see police officers going out and, uh, and attempting to enforce this, uh, enforce social distancing or other uh, elements of the uh, Provincial Health Act uh, at a front end level, we won't be doing uh, we, we won't be doing that as an active, um, dedicated part of the day. Um, and, and certainly, while there are fourteen hundred officers, our officers have a, a varied uh, array of roles. You know, myself, for instance, as a public information officer, will not be out handing out uh, um, you know tickets for infractions. Uh, uh, senior officers. Uh, um, supervisors, shift supervisors. We've got officers dedicated to all sorts of roles where that would not fall uh, in their uh, in their job description, uh, child abuse investigators, homicide investigators, that sort of thing. So we have a, we have a number of uniform officers who will be, uh, who will be responsible for um, assistance in these areas, but it will not be their, uh, it will not be their uh, primary responsibility. And, and let me just be clear in terms of what they would do at a very uh, initial stage, it will be education and uh, discussion. If we see people we run into them or we're asked to assist uh, against city employees, we'll be, uh, we'll be trying to ex- 
explain why social or physical distancing is important, why large groups can't congregate, uh, what we need to do to continue to do to flatten the curve and be safe. Uh, but but I don't think the city uh, citizens should view us as uh, as enforcement officers regarding this uh, this particular area. We know more people are going to be out there this weekend, guys. And after eight, we're going to talk to a campground owner in Portage La Prairie just about the changes he's made to try to make sure people aren't doing the wrong thing this weekend. But Premier Pallister says with the May long weekend here, more enforcement is needed because there's going to be more people outdoors. The May long weekend is uh, the unofficial start of summer for a lot of Manitobans and many people use it to uh, uh, open the cabin or to head to one of our, our beautiful provincial parks. Um, and it looks like we're finally going to get some nice weather here Saturday and Sunday. So I know that many Manitobans will want to get outdoors. So if you've got a campsite booked or if you're heading to the cabin this weekend, please make sure uh, you limit any additional contacts. We're encouraging you to be COVID careful in uh, cottage country. Individuals can face fines of $486, while businesses can be penalized $2,542 under the health orders. COVID careful, Greg, the new catchphrase? Seems to be. uh, It's a little bit more ambiguous than stay home, uh, which... We, as we were discussing yesterday, may lead to uh, people you know, interpreting uh, that phrase a little bit differently. And I think that's the reason, as the Premier said, and if you listen to Constable Carver, the reason for more enforcement and the ability to do that is because of the interpretation, the ability to do so, and the ability to be out and about more often, Loren, there is going to be, uh, I suggest, as <laughs> we are already starting to see perhaps, uh, people not necessarily seeing eye to eye on the rules, quote unquote, or the way they are being implemented. Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. On May long weekend, a local greenhouse is shutting its doors for reasons we haven't really quite heard yet. Yeah, Sage Garden Herbs wrote on its Facebook page yesterday, they've made the decision to close until May 23rd due to concern for the well-being of their staff. The statement says staff have, quote, unfortunately uh, been or born, pardon me, unfortunately born the burden of disrespectful behavior from some visitors unhappy with our commitment to physical distancing and other COVID-19 precautions. Online orders with curbside pickup as well as drop-off services will still run out of the greenhouse uh, in the meantime. This is a first for me, Loren, a business saying it has to stop its reopening plan because some of its customers are unhappy with the changes they have made to keep their staff and those very same customers safe. Yeah, and I... Uh, my mind is blown by this one, not by their decision. I respect the decision on their website. It goes on to say that they're going to ex- keep it closed until May 23rd because they want to expand their outdoor shopping spaces. So they'll be closed for another week. But here you are, we're talking all along about essential workers and, and our appreciation for them, frontline workers. And these people who are in stores, retail stores, grocery stores, what have you, are, have become essential to so many people. And they're out there on the front lines and they certainly didn't have added to their job title, re- police your behavior and police your behavior when it comes to social distancing rules. These are the rules. And if you don't like them, don't go out there shopping. You know, it's in there for a reason. And if, if, if it's something that's bugging you, don't harass the staff about it. They're also just doing their job. And so mm-hmm. it's upsetting to me that to hear that any kind of bad behavior like this would then force a business. And let's keep in mind businesses that are working their butts off to stay open and thrive in these difficult times and to have to even shut down for a week won't be good for them either. So that's really, this is overall really upsetting to hear. It's an example of just how frustrated people are. Yesterday I was at a vape shop in Osborne Village, Flamingo Vape, and they were telling me that some of their customers were calling. uh, She said that she got three phone calls about a specific vape juice that they don't have any stock right now and the and people were losing their minds getting angry and she had to explain well it's made in Montreal and there's no one working at this particular shop right now because of the pandemic and they the customers didn't want to hear it they're just i think people are just getting super frustrated uh and kind of you know hitting the pandemic wall so to speak greg 
Yeah, we're also seeing, I've seen a video more from the the United States where a lot of grocery stores have implemented mandatory masks inside of those locations. We were speaking with Reggie Giacchini on Wednesday and he told us that that's mandatory for going out shopping in Washington, D.C., where he is. And I've seen video of people yelling and screaming, talking about their First Amendment rights and this, that and the other thing. And, you, you know, you can't make me wear a mask. Well, it's private property, uh, sir, and we don't have to let you in unless you're prepared to follow our rules. So I, I hate to say it, but we, we may be seeing more of this type of behavior and more comments from businesses struggling to deal with uh, difficult customers as we, we try and reopen. Uh, and after Global News at 7.30, at 7.45, we're going to speak with Jensen Nurseries about how this long weekend is when many of us start to think about our gardens and flowers. Guys, I can't tell you how excited I am to have the extra day off on Monday, especially after we worked all the way through the Easter long weekend, that four-day weekend. Uh, That was a rough one, and just need a break. I'm going golfing on Sunday, going to sit on the balcony and roast in the sun. I can't wait. Somebody was asking me the last time we had a day off, did we have Louis Riel day off? We did have Louis Riel day, yeah. Okay, so it's been February, so it has been a little while, and it's probably been a little while for a lot of folks, and many Manitobans planning, packing for days, dreaming for weeks or months about getting out camping, sleeping bags, dishes, coolers of food and drinks. Yeah, people are getting ready. Campgrounds, of course, technically opened last week, but the weather wasn't terrific, and it's this weekend that camping season really gets underway, but the experience won't be exactly the same as what we're used to. There are rules for social distancing that will still have to be followed and questions, and I think this is the biggest one for me, about how to best keep washrooms and showers in our campgrounds clean and safe for everyone, Loren. Yeah, lots of questions just about how it's going to work and will people behave and, and, and do the right thing this weekend. So we want to bring on Parrish Gedia. He's the owner of Miller's Camping Resort in Portage La Prairie. Good morning, Parrish. Hi, good morning, Lauren. Thanks for taking the time for being with us. I was chatting briefly with you yesterday as we set this up, and mm-hmm. and you mentioned normally your resort is packed this weekend, lots of people camping, but I understand you've made some changes to to limit just how many people might be in there. What are those changes? What Who are you inviting in at this time? That's correct. Yeah, so what it is, I think, in the current situation, you know, first of all, I think uh, we're happy, you know, we're glad as a camping business, you know, that government has allowed us to open so I think, obviously, this summer is not going to be same as, you know, all the previous years. But, uh, you know, keeping those physical distancing, you know, and safety, you know, comes into place, you know, safety of our staff, safety of our guests, you know. So, you know, we have made some changes. Uh, so, you know, like uh, keeping those physical distancing, especially, you know, in washroom, showers, building, you know, that's really hard. So what we decided, keeping the washroom, showers closed at this point, like games room closed, pool is obviously closed. So we're allowing like full-size, uh, you know, trailer or motorhome who has their own facility to use. So, you know, once they have their facility, you know, and uh, we have a full-service site, like so they they come, you know, they just go to their site, uh, like, and they have a full-service site, like power, water, sewer, everything. Uh, so they really don't need to go away from their site anywhere, you know. So and I, we thought that this would be the best way to keep those physical distancing. The campfire is the draw for many when it comes to camping. Are you worried you're going to see gatherings of more than 10? And how do you plan to handle that if you do? Uh, no, actually, what it is like, uh, no, we have those, I, obviously, you know, each and every reservation when we took, you know, we had mentioned that we have these rules, uh, you know, that people have to follow. And, uh, you know, we have uh, just uh, like uh, single families kind of sites, you know, so we don't have any of those special events, you know, where people get together. And, uh, you know, we will make sure, you know, that the people follow all those rules. And we're pretty confident, you know, that uh, we have many regular families, you know, they aware of all these rules. So we have actually not nothing much concern, actually. Your rule with regard to essentially being self-contained, I think, is a tremendous one, Parrish. That's that's one that would make me feel extra comfortable. There might be some good that comes out of this in terms of the camping experience as well. Uh, you might get a little bit more space. You won't necessarily be uh, jam-packed, and it might be a little bit more quiet for those that, that like that aspect of camping. Fair to say? 
Absolutely. You know, so I think, you know, the like for a say, set up like campground, you know, it's really not hard to maintain, you know, this uh, kind of, you know, like social distancing. Uh, like for us, if I give an example for our campground, you know, we have a huge space between two sides, you know, and even uh, we went one step ahead, you know, we had to put a sign, you know, when people come in, we have signed that just stay in your RV, just give us a call, we register you over the phone. And we give them a direction to their site, you know, when they get to their site, they have all this, all, all services, you know, and as, as we talk, you know, they are self-contained, you know, there is a fire pit, picnic table, everything. So they really don't need to go away from their site, you know. Only time if they're going for a walk, you know, they just keep those distance in mind, you know. And uh, I think, uh, you know, I think it's a still great opportunity, you know. So I think we're happy and people are happy too, yeah have about just 30 seconds left parish would you say then given all this of the changes you've had to make and and what you hope is you know respectful behavior this weekend are you are you excited for the season or a little bit nervous or a little bit both Absolutely, you know, it's not going to be the same as, you know, other years because we won't have any travelers, you know, from other province, uh, you know, across the border. So obviously, each and every business is going to lose, you know. Uh, but I think we're still happy, you know, we're still fortunate in Manitoba, you know, and our government has taken the right step. And I think, uh, you know, as a business, uh, we're ha- in current situation, I think, uh, you know, whatever we can do, I think we should be happy with that. So we're happy, and uh, wherever I talk, you know, I think people seem really happy, you know. At least people can get out and, you know, spend some outdoor, you know, and do some, you know, outdoor activities. So I think it's not bad in this current situation, I think. Paris Gedia is the owner of Miller's Camping Resort in Portage La Prairie, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Parrish, thank you for this. Well, thanks for having me. We have said often during the pandemic that the definition of what we consider an essential worker has changed. This might be grocery store staff or people delivering our food or our mail. We've talked often about truck drivers on our program who haven't stopped moving since this crisis hit and our newfound appreciation or maybe it's renewed appreciation for truckers. And of course, we've got nurses, doctors, healthcare aides, paramedics, police officers. The, the list is long and it's growing daily. They're all out there on the front lines. And so to show their appreciation for these heroes in our community, the Blue Bombers asked fans last month, Greg, to nominate family or friends who are helping to keep us all healthy and safe. It's called the Heroes for the W campaign, and out of more than 100 submissions, three winners were selected to be turned into comic book-style superheroes for the Heroes of Championship Way campaign. We've introduced you to a police officer, a nurse, and now a postal worker. Ken Oberlin is our guest this morning. Congratulations, Ken. Hi, thanks. Who, uh, who is it that uh, nominated you for this uh, award and this recognition? Uh, actually, it was my wife. I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't find out about it until I was uh, contacted by the, uh, the bomber's office to let me know that, uh, that she had nominated me. So it was, it was quite a shock, yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking at her nomination here, and uh, she says that you worked at uh, lotteries for many years as a security supervisor, but left it to become a full-time stay-at-home dad. And now that the kids are much older, you decided to become uh, a postal worker. So uh, we know that online shopping is way up during this period. More deliveries happening. And my neighbor down the hall has a new a new package from Amazon outside her door every day. How busy has your job been over the past few weeks and months? Uh, you know what? It's it's been crazy these last couple of months. It's been very much like uh, Christmas volumes every day. Um, you know, for my route, I deliver uh, in the Armstrong Point area, surround so Furby, uh, Langside, and uh, it's called the Gates, um, Sherbrooke by Misericordia. And uh, the volumes have gone up. Uh, they've tripled what my normal volumes are for this time of year. So it it is really uh, really. Uh, gone up quite a bit. I know, even with the packages I've had delivered, uh, you know, with that increase in in delivering packages means you're touching a lot more packages every single day and you're putting yourself up at front doors and trying to keep all that social distancing and all the rest. Have you had any concerns about just the added volume or even just people answering the door and forgetting that they're not supposed to greet the postal worker like normal? Well, you know, we've we put a lot of uh, different... uh, uh, rules in place and, and uh, procedures in place for people um, 
so one of the things that we are doing is to uh, knock, drop, and go. Um, so we knock on the door, we drop the package at the doorway, and, and we leave and make sure the person has their package. Um, that's helped quite a bit with the social distancing aspect. Uh, we've also asked customers to, you know, to make sure they give us our space when we're in uh, apartment lobbies and that sort of thing, and uh, to make sure they're disinfecting uh, when they can. You know, we touch a lot of surfaces every day. Uh, I have about 700 points of call, and I touch thousands of surfaces every day. So it, it's really appreciated when we know that the customers are doing that for us. Well, and it's nice to know that you've been staying healthy, Ken. And uh, we got to talk about football at least for a moment or two before we let you run. And you were nominated by your wife, and she brags about how patient you are. Uh, I don't know if that's in quotation marks or not. In explaining offside and all the different rules of fo- football. When I started dating my wife, she hated football she had no use for it whatsoever but i can honestly say she's become a bigger bomber fan than i've ever been and i just love that aspect of the bombers and the cfls how many men and women how many couples enjoy the game together yeah oh yeah for sure yeah yeah i mean she she's um she's not the most well versed in in the rules and that sort of thing but uh she just she does love the game and uh she, I think she really loves the food. <laughs> hey, your wife That's also awesome. wrote that uh, some of your best times as a family have been drives down to Disney World or over to Banff, where we've been talking this morning about road trips and our favorite songs for road trips and for driving. Do you, do you have a song that comes to mind? You know what? We try to introduce our kids. Our kids are older. Uh, we try to introduce our kids to new uh, new music every time we go for a long road trip. So our big family favorite for us is Dolly Parton for some, for some reason. Uh, anything by Dolly Parton, greatest hits, and uh, the kids love it, which is great. Oh, that's a great idea. You know, in our and I was saying earlier, Ken, in our car, because of the kids and then my husband, everybody has different tastes and the kids might be interested in something that's more current. And so every once in a while, we'll put songs on, you know, from our past so that they learn a little bit too about what what came before them. So that's a ton of fun. Uh, your your image is going to be put into a comic book style character. How do you feel about that happening and, and being called a frontline hero in these times, Ken? Well, I don't know if I'm a hero at all, but I mean, it's definitely nice to be recognized. Um, I, I've seen the pictures, and and they're, they've done a great job with the pictures, and and I'm really happy for all the other uh, nominees and the people who were selected. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a great honor for sure. Ken Oberlin is the latest real-life superhero as declared by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers postal worker Ken Oberlin. Thank you so much for doing what you do, and thanks for joining us today on CJOB. Great. Thanks a lot. So we've been talking a lot this week, well, for the last few weeks, about food. Yesterday we talked about potato chips, and we've been giving away pizzas and how to reheat pizza. And Greg and I discovered the North Star Drive-In this week. And uh, now we want to turn our attention to what kind of food, Greg? Cheesecake. As everybody else has been making sourdough bread and refining their baking skills, apparently the Premier of Ontario um, considers his cheesecake recipe quite a a delicious piece of work. And he shared his recipe. He went all cooking show style, uh, Walk with Yan. You remember Walk with Yan back in the day? I don't know if it was good as a walk with Yan and the two tablespoonful, but uh, it was pretty good. Have you got some audio there, Brett? I do. Let me hit it. I like that cute little music. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cooking, Cooking with, with the Premier. Today, we're going to make the famous Premier's cheesecake. Ooh, mi- musical interlude. Three packs of uh, Dream Whip in each one of these containers. You know, I learned this recipe uh, years ago off my mother. When I, when I was 10 years old and I just had it kind of memorized and she made such an awesome cheesecake and she, she learned the recipe off her sister, my aunt, my aunt Wendy. So half a cup of milk and I put three in there so that's going to be one and a half cups. Okay. <laughs> now what we're going to do, the cream cheese, we're going to put it on a plate. Now I'm just going to put this in the microwave for a minute. And then what I'm going to do, we'll make the uh, we'll make the base. 
the graham cracker base. Delicious. Put a little butter, put a little graham cracker, a little bit of sugar. Oh, beautiful. Preheating, preheating the oven to about 100 degrees, 180 degrees, I should say, Celsius. Like right in here. That's one cup of mushroom sugar. And get this a little zapper and we're ready to roll. So you can see the whole thing at Ford Nation. Uh, <laughs> he's he got did. all the technical terms down. <laughs> yeah, he's right into this. And I think one of the responses that I saw was something along the lines of, regardless of what you think of this man's politics, and, uh, and the person saying, I don't really agree with his politics, but here's a man who knows how to make a cheesecake, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> that seemed to be the consensus. But here's, here's two problems I have. First problem is he's not using Winnipeg-style cream cheese, as far as, far as I know, made famous famous by the co-op dairy back in the day. It, that's like Philadelphia cream cheese in the States, but Winnipeg cream style cream cheese, which is way better. And did he call it Graham crackers? <laughs> yeah. It's Graham crackers. Okay. And nobody Graham will Street. convince me differently. What? Graham street. <laughs> the num- When I was anchoring the news uh, a couple of years ago with global TV, the number of people that would always, and we had one editor that actually worked at Global in particular who would always be at me for the love of God, Loren. It's Graham, not Graham, but you know, it gets said. Yeah, we, we have people. Yeah, we have people who text us from time to time when they hear Graham saying, "Look, uh, I know that that's how a lot of people say it in the states, in particular, but that's not how you pronounced that name. It's Graham. So yes, great, but he was using Graham." crackers greg <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh there, there's a lot of jokes that you could uh, attach to that as well uh, depending on uh, your affection for uh his brother his late brother the former <laughs> mayor of ontario of toronto but i, I won't touch that right now uh, graham instead of graham but uh that uh that cheesecake does look pretty good he's using canned fruit uh which is also a minus but uh, good on the premier for stepping out and and exhibiting some of his personality he's getting a lot of marks uh you guys uh uh loren i'll throw this one at you for exhibiting some of that personality and his approval ratings are, are through the roof right now and in any conversations we've had with daryl bricker in particular uh right off the hop he said that the the, the premiers that show the most amount of empathy and most personality are the ones that are, are definitely seeing a spike in their popularity. Yeah, and it's interesting with him too, because he's as conservative a conservative premier and seen as a bit more on the far right in some respects in terms of uh, some of his policies at the beginning and, and all the theories people had about what he might do when he gets to office. He's been very, very, very stringent on these uh, protocols and making sure people are abiding by them. Even yesterday saying things like, you know, the question about the border, should the border reopen? Yes, borders re- oh, good for trade. We need to get business moving. But he said, not yet. He had some questions about, you know, the U.S.-Canadian uh, border potentially reopening down the road. And so lots of compliments have been going this way. Quite frankly, that the the polls for all the premiers and politicians in this country are higher than they normally are because um, maybe because you're listening to what they're saying or you're abiding mm-hmm. by what they're saying or you're you're paying more attention and you appreciate the calm measures that, that they're putting into things or the emotion that they might be showing at times. And that's always helpful. I'm going to say something controversial right now, though. I hate cheesecake. Yes! Yes! I hate what? it too! Yeah, I don't get it, man. Why? Why? It can just, go to hell. Yeah, it's so... It, what? What's the point? It has zero point to, to it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are you... What, why are you so angry about the cheesecake, Brett? Oh, I, I get angry about uh, random things, Greg. I try to I try to contain the anger, but uh, when it comes to, to food I don't like, go away. I just yeah. don't like cheesecake. Yeah. And Loren, what don't you like about it? Well, it's delicious. It's, like I don't know, it's not. And it <laughs> and depending on the cream cheese used, it's a, it's got a bit too much of like this cheesy that the cheese flavor to it and I don't like that mixed with the fruit. I don't get that. I'm also mm. a very much a person when it comes to desserts that if it's not chocolate, I don't get it either. So like this whole like have fruit and a graham cracker in it is like <laughs> what what's that? I just I don't I don't I don't need it. I don't want it. I stopped I feel, listening. I feel to bad. Yeah, well, Brett, can you want to just pot his mic down, and you and I can carry on with this rant? Just, just trashing, railing against cheesecake. Yeah. Oh, that's just. I, I'm so disappointed to hear this. There are like it, 
any kind of cheesecake. It's just the the whole concept. Yep. Even some of these fancy ones that you can make with a delicious caramel or or uh, other uh, delicious toppings. Uh, you're not into it. Don't like caramel uh, either. Oh. oh. Oh, good lord. Oh, I don't know if I can get. Um, I am now. We got to split. <laughs> That's right. If it had Banana caramel and split. chocolate, I'm not saying I'm not going to eat it. I just don't get people who are, are super excited. To be quite honest, most desserts, even pie, someone, what, what, dead to me, she loves pie and that, uh, Christina Applegate's always talking about pie. And I'm like, what is mm-hmm. with this love of pie? I don't, I'm not on board with that. I like pie. I just don't Pie's love delicious. pie. Yeah. No. My, I will say that, uh, my, uh, pie horizons, have grown somewhat in recent years. It used to just be pumpkin pie, that's it. Maybe vanilla cream and banana cream. But uh, someone, I can't remember who, but somebody brought in uh, a fresh-baked apple pie to the radio station. It was from apples that had been collected locally Mm -hmm. in the city and uh, brought some in to try. And I always hated apple pie as a kid, but I loved it. And uh, then I think I may have tried Saskatoon, uh, uh, which I never would have even bothered to try. So I am curious to try more pies, but the cheesecake, I've tried it. It's kind of like, same thing like Guinness beer, and I realize this is not a, a direct comparison, but I have tried to like Guinness, and I just, I can't do it. It's just too heavy, and I think that's what I don't like about the cheesecake. I just find it very, it's just too rich and too heavy for my taste. So you want to like the cheesecake. It's not a matter of, of, of being anti-cheesecake. You'd like to embrace the cheesecake, but it's just not working for you? No, or no. You, no, no. No, with, no. with Guinness, I, want, I tried. You're just done. <laughs> I gave that a fair shake, but cheesecake, I'm done with cheesecake. I'll stick no. with 780-6868. Lamb-based Brett and Loren. <laughs> lamb-based Brett and Loren the way they deserve to be lamb-based and not liking cheesecake. My goodness. Well, Kristen, Kristen says Brett's anger is allowed because cheesecake is disgusting. Katie what? says, I hate cheesecake too. It can go away any day. Gay Tom says, totally agree with you. I don't like cheesecake either. It's mostly the texture is weird. Yes. Also, thank you. What's that feeling in your mouth? That's not pleasure. Oh, boy. What am I saying? (laughs) Okay. Well, then. Jeff, looking at the clock. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.